Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner of Future Technology podcasts with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used or just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Welcome, everyone, to the Future Tech Podcast. My name is Josh Thomas, and I'm here with uh, my good buddy, Dustin Byington from WanChain. And WanChain is rebuilding finance with private cross-chain smart contracts. Hello, Dustin. Hey, Josh. How's it going? Oh, it's it's going great. We're really glad to have you here. You know, uh, WanChain has been making a lot of news in the last few months, and everybody's really excited about it. Uh, but for those of our audience that may not be so familiar, could you uh, give us a little bit of an idea of uh, of, of what you're doing and, and why it's so important? Sure. Well, um, you know, WanChain was started by Jack Liu, who is the technical co-founder of Factum. And uh, Jack Liu was uh, – Factum has this uh, multi-chain architecture and was one of the kind of very early pioneers of the space. And so Jack's been thinking about how we can connect – uh, the various blockchains uh, for quite some time now. Um, and he's come up with a, a very pragmatic solution that uh, is unique in the fact that um, it's uh, this cross-chain technology that we've built um, allows us to connect to um, any chain um, in a permissionless manner. And that means that none of these chains uh, need to upgrade their software either via a soft or a hard fork um, and so we don't need we don't need permission from any of them to connect. Um, so this and it's also fairly simple or straightforward compared to um, a number of the other solutions. And so uh, we think that we can we can roll the solution out uh, quite rapidly um, and scale it uh, quite effectively. So in other words, you don't have to knock on your neighbor's door to borrow the cup of sugar. You can just go straight into their cupboard. Yeah, yeah. We're not, you know, the thing, the way it works is not, we're not taking any sugar. If you're using uh, for sugar to mean uh, digital assets, and uh, so like the way to think about it is that, uh, so say take uh, um, Ethereum, for example, um, the way that uh, so WanChain would connect with Ethereum is that we would uh, we would lock a, um, um, say you have five Ether on uh, five ether that you want to move onto WanChain, um, that five ether gets locked on Ethereum, and then uh, five new ether tokens get minted on WanChain. Um, but the thing that's interesting about it is that there's no single party that's in custody of your funds or that's in custody of the locking of your funds. Uh, your funds are locked on Ether by a group of validators um, who no, not any one of them has control of your funds. Um, and they all collectively have an economic interest to behave honestly. So what we do is we allow, we, we remove the, the central counterparty risk. There's no single point of failure here. Um, you're not giving your point, coins to Dustin Byington or Jack Liu. Um, you're giving them, you're still, the trust is still in a network. Um, the trust still remains with uh, the blockchain technology. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. And so, uh, you know, I, you're, you're here in Austin, Texas, and I'm here in Austin. And, uh, so we kind of run around in the same circles and it's, it seems like everywhere you go, you have a following. Uh, why do you think that is? Uh, I think, well, we, the other thing we haven't really even talked about too is, is privacy. Um, we, we just launched, um, the world's first smart contract platform with ring signatures, 
um, as a part of our, our mainnet launch in, um, in Miami on January 18th, and the cross-chain is coming in version 2.0. And so um, the I think it's the collection of, 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 of a few things. Uh, one, you know, this 2018 is kind of a year of both privacy and cross-chain, um, and we hit both of those. Um, we've got a um, – and then the third one is – um, you know, we've, we're also say we're, we're cross-culture. So Jack's from China. He went to Peking University, which is kind of is renowned as the, the Harvard of the East. Um, and we have really strong ties to their PhD program. And, um, and so we've got 40 engineers right now working out of our Beijing office. Um, but then I'm here uh, with the Austin office. Um, and, uh, and so we say we're not only cross-chain, but cross-culture. So I think there's a lot of excitement too about this, you know, this, uh, being able to bridge these two um, mega players in the blockchain industry and the world economy um, between the U.S. and China, and having this very global project. And um, and the fourth is just, you know, kind of is also the the strong team. Um, we do have a team of, of proven executors um, that have, you know, shipped uh, projects before in the blockchain space. Um, and uh, and then we've also, you know, the 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 ring signatures with the smart contract platform with ring signatures that we deployed, I mean, that's live. Um, that exists. That's not a pipe dream. That's not a main net. That's not even a test net. Um, and so I think the, the four, those four, um, you know, the, the privacy, the cross-chain, um, the cross-culture, and the team make for, you know, kind of a very compelling story at this moment in time. Yeah, ag agreed. And so you also have a, a major announcement that just came out today. Tell us a little bit about that. Sure. Yeah, we were really excited to announce the uh, Kyber Wanchain Decentralized Exchange. Um, and so um, that's going to, one of the things that we think a lot about is um, is not only is solving problems in ways that are actually going to be um, not just solving technological problems, but solving end user problems. Um, and so, you know, there's a number of decentralized exchanges that exist today, but they're not widely adopted because they're not very usable. Um, they lack things like liquidity um, or transaction speed um, or, you know, the fees are really high um, or they just, you know, they lack uh, broad access to, you know, the, a, a wide number of tokens or limited to the small sort of uh, galaxies of tokens. And so um, the, uh, the Kyber uh, Lanchain Partnership uh, and Decentralized Exchange Announcement, um, we're really thrilled because uh, together we think that we can solve some very serious systemic problems in the industry um, around the decentralized exchange of tokens and about keeping, keeping as much of this activity on-chain as possible. Um, and so, um, so happy tell to tell me, you. Tell me yeah. quickly, what, uh, what are some of these problems that you're partnering up with Kyber to solve? So Kyber, we, we can use Kyber, Kyber's technology. So WANchain is a, it's a fork of Ethereum, um, so it's its own blockchain. Um, Kyber is currently running on Ethereum. Um, and so um, it's, it's fairly straightforward for them to port over um, their technology onto WANchain. Um, but the benefit that they're going to get from being on WANchain is um, instead of being limited to uh, the Ether and the ERC-20 tokens, with WANchain, they get access to Ether, ERC-20, and all of the protocol tokens that were from our, as a result of our cross-chain technology. Um, and they also get the advantage of the, the privacy, um, the ring signatures, and the privacy protection. Um, what WANchain gets in return is we get access to their liquidity pools um, because uh, if we have this, you know, we have cross-chain technology, but if there's only um, a couple dozen tokens trading around on there and someone wants to buy a couple thousand, then the cross-chain technology is, is not all that useful. 
um, so their liquidity um, creates uh, is, is something that we've been you know really focusing on is getting more liquidity into our system and, and Kyber is built specifically for that um, and then also the instant transactions um, and that's because um, uh, the way that their order pools uh, work is that, uh, that that's one of the big fundamental problems too with um, decentralized exchanges is also as often order speed is very slow um, and then there's also some right. Um, the, the, That's the something that I've, I've certainly I've certainly noticed multiple times in, in trying to, you know, uh, purchase, deposit, withdraw tokens. Uh, you know, I won't name any names, but but some of the uh, some of the exchanges out there are less than stellar at uh, at their speeds. Now, you know, Dustin, you're uh, you're you're using this term cross chain technology uh, an awful lot, and I just want to come back and uh, back up for a moment. And let's let's assume that our audience has a base level understanding of uh, blockchain technology. When you're speaking of cross chain, could you explain a little bit uh, about the difference uh, of what you're talking about and what that exactly means? Just just in case there's someone out there that's still a little confused. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it, there's so many uh, uh, the the verbiage in the spaces, uh, the language is very vast, so it's good to define all our terms here. Um, <clears throat> so the the blockchain industry today is it, it looks very much like the days of the intranet uh, before a global internet existed that was connecting all of the various networks. Uh, you can think of like Bitcoin as an intranet, Ethereum as an intranet, Litecoin as an intranet. Um, these networks only understand Litecoin only understands Litecoin. Bitcoin only understands, you know, Bitcoin and the colored coins that are on top of it. Um, Ethereum only understands uh, ETH and ERC-20s. Um, and so, uh, but the problem is that these networks have, uh, are, it's very challenging for these networks to communicate with each other um, beyond some kind of like basic uh, atomic swap functionality like, you know, Decred and Lightning Network have. Um, but um, so what WAN chain or cross chain is uh, part of this, you know, or another term that gets used is interoperability. We're part of the Interoperability Alliance with uh, Aon and Icon, so those are kind of like very synonymous terms. And um, and the idea is like that we want to be able to connect these chains. That we want to take them out of their like you know the Stone Age, the intranet. We want to be able to to connect them all together. Today, when uh, the vast the way that we often connect chains is uh, by going off chain, by going to a you know centralized exchange. That uh, whom, whom we give up our custody to, and whom, whom facilitates the exchange of tokens. Um, and so, cross-chain. One of the big fundamental uh, goals is for these chains to be able to communicate um, by and, and doing it in a way that remains on-chain, that's highly trusted and highly secure. Um, and so, there's a lot of people that are working on this problem, but um, <clears throat> our approach is a little unique in that um, you can think about it like a, an analogy that has some um, unintended sort of uh, parallels, but it's a good analogy nonetheless, um, is uh, that of a casino. Um, if you go to the casino and you give them $100, they give you back a chip. Say it's a green chip. Then you can go out and spend all night gambling this chip around, moving it around, placing different bets, um, and then you might come back with you know, uh, 10 green chips or five red chips or two orange chips. You bring them back to the cashier and then they give you money, whatever, whatever you ended up with. Um, and uh, so you sort of deposit money, you get a receipt, and then that receipt is sort of like as good as cash if people trade these receipts around. Um, and, but then these, the receipts are also bearer instruments. Anybody with this receipt can go exchange it for um, that uh, original asset. Um, and so in the same way, when I kind of talk about like locking the ether, um, the idea is that and then printing the, the proxy token, 
it's that that's sort of the equivalent of you taking your ether and depositing it into WANChain. And where that proxy token is your receipt, but it's a bearer instrument. Anybody can go, and then you can trade that receipt. Um, you can invest that receipt. You can do whatever you want with that receipt. Um, but then at the end of the day, you can always go back and exchange for the native thing. Um, and we, you know, we kind of we always make sure that there's one-to-one -one ratio of the receipts to the native coins that are locked up, and we remove the, the counterparty risk and all that. But that's sort of the um, our, our architecture is quite a bit different than any of the other projects in that regard. So, uh, you know, one thing that I know about Wanchain is that you're you're focused on privacy, but you're also focused on fintech. Um, so, uh, obviously, there's some relationship between the two. Uh, but could you could you speak a little bit about, um, you know, what makes your platform so appropriate for fintech specifically? Well, pri yeah, privacy is is really fundamental for fintech. Um, you know, it's just not the case that when you execute a trade on the NASDAQ, that that should be public information. Um, but when you sell something on, uh, you know, sell something on Bitcoin or Ethereum or Litecoin, um, that is public information. Uh, and with the, the vast majority, like the, the number of forensic tools that are coming out, it's becoming easier and easier to uh, parse these pseudonymous addresses together and figure out, okay, uh, this supposedly Saddam's address, you can tie it to someone's actual identity. Um, and then to know exactly when they're buying and selling different assets, to know, you know, how many assets they have. Um, and that's not a, that's not only a moral problem, that's actually can be a physical security problem. Um, and so we think privacy is a is fundamental building block for asset managers, uh, crypto asset managers, whom are, you know, are, are one of our primary customers who we're building these tools for. Um, and that's just that's to uh, that's to protect them. And I know, for example, that like there's a there's, there's funds that have uh, part of their fund strategy is that they watch the addresses of the other funds. So if one fund knows fund A knows that fund B is a very early investor and big supporter in XYZ project, and they start selling their tokens, well, maybe they've got some inside information. Um, so there's a lot of everybody sort of watching everybody, and I think that that problem for fund managers is only going to increase as these forensic tools get more advanced. You know, it's it's interesting that you bring that up. Uh, I was just reading an article uh, on Bitcoin.com, and the, the title of the article says, KYC requirements are making ICOs riskier, not safer. And the, uh, the thought behind this is uh, now... Now we're not only um, you know in moving a bunch of money around, but we're collecting and storing sensitive data and information on high net worth individuals, which makes it a huge honeypot for hackers. It's like an extra bonus gift. Primary target for a lot of these hackers is this KYC AML information. That's what they're going after. Right, and so well, it's I I'd be interested to get your commentary on this. Uh, because the the whole idea was to make things safer, to uh, make sure that we know that money is not being laundered by drug dealers and that sort of thing. But what it in fact is doing is it's exposing investors to more potential risk of having their identity stolen. Uh, what are, what are some comments you have on that? I think we see this debate happening outside of crypto as well, right? I mean, a lot of time. Anytime you're, you're going to collect data in a, in a sort of central honeypot type repository, um, that, and that often that's really the 
only way governments and regulators know how to deal with data and companies too, um, and it just it, it inherently is going to create risk. Um, so I don't I don't think it's uh, um, unique to crypto. However, I do think that crypto might have uh, some solutions to the problem. Like imagine, for example, like some using like ZK Snarks or some zero knowledge proofs to be able to prove that somebody, you know, passes a KYC AML test without ever actually like looking at their information. Um, and I, I know that there's a few folks working on things like that. I mean, it, it does raise question marks about like who is actually going to trust this thing, but um, and would the regulators who these documents are intended for trust it? Uh, but and we're right now we're witnessing the um, the one one of the things that's really amazing about the space is we've never had so much investment into things like encryption and um, data analysis and these like bleeding edge data scientists um, are all getting extremely well funded. Whereas before, these were the things that were like relegated to, you know, PhD projects. Um, and so I think that we're going to, we might, and uh, we're quite likely to see some of these solutions uh, to large systemic problems sort of pop out of our industry. Well, you, you, are, you are always a, a wealth of knowledge here. And, uh, you know, time flies uh, when we're having fun, you know, as we're kind of uh, wrapping up here for a moment. Uh, could you talk a little bit about uh, the future of Landchain? I know that you're uh, releasing an ICO platform, and uh, you're you're kind of looking at focusing on that. What do you see in the next 12 months on the as on the roadmap? It's you know it's a really exciting time because uh, I think you, right now, like after having just launched the platform, um, now it's really about just build, building the ecosystem and pulling in all the right partners and about being very mindful and strategic about um, which partners we're, we're pulling in and incentivizing. I mean, it's an open platform, so anyone is it's permissionless. Anyone's free to build on it. Uh, but uh, I think that uh, we're definitely working to um, – to try to make sure that we're we've got some uh, really being mindful with our strategy um, and pulling in those partners that are going to reinforce each other um, and reinforce the ecosystem. So um, the next the next 12 months should be really exciting. Uh, a lot of a lot of interesting projects that we're talking to right now and um, starting to collaborate with um, that are uh, I think going to kind of propel Landchain to the next level. Um, there's a lot of things to to for them to. Um, utilized within WanChain, whether it's the, the privacy or the cross-chain or um, our ties to China. So we've been having a lot of really positive feedback from the teams that we've uh, been talking to. Um, and so that that's really encouraging because I know there's a lot of competition in the space. There's a lot of different smart contract platforms out there emerging. So um, it's really cool to see the the positive feedback we've been getting from the projects. Uh, and so yeah, we're 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 you know we're working on a bunch of different ways of of really scaling the ecosystem. Not only pulling the right pieces, but um, you know one of the things that is true of crypto is that it's moving faster than just about probably any industry in the history of the world. Um, and I expect that pace of change to only accelerate. Um, so I'm constantly thinking about scale and uh, how we can move with, uh, how we can like leverage every resource that we have uh, and move at you know like an incredible pace. Um, so um, we're we're just starting to announce uh, you know a small you know we had the Kyber was this big announcement. Uh, there will be more uh, you know we're a platform so there's going to be it's going to be a you know a stream of announcements over our lifetime if we're successful. But uh, you know I'm really trying to gear things up and set the foundation so that. Uh, 
those announcements and those partnerships and those projects building on WanChain will really accelerate over the coming 12 months. Dustin Byington from WanChain.org. Uh, where, can, where can our audience go to stay up to date on the, the latest developments? Yeah, WanChain.org uh, is great. Um, and uh, there you'll find uh, links to our Twitter, uh, WanChain underscore org. Um, and uh, make sure you're looking for the blue check mark. There are lots of uh, scam WanChain Twitter accounts. Um, there's a, um, there's even like a scam uh, Binance account that was just Burnance, uh, R7N, that was, uh, you know, trying to get people to saying they were going to be listed on exchanges. And I guess we probably should have touched about exchanges uh, since that's kind of every post we put up, people are asking, you know, when chain. Uh, the fact of the matter is we don't really, right. yeah, we don't know. I mean, it's out of our hands. Um, so um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was in um, tomorrow or in a couple of weeks. So um, it shouldn't be. I'd be, I'd be, I'd be really shocked if it was too much longer than that. But uh, even frankly, I, I couldn't tell you because I don't know which exchange or when. But uh, so, you know, as soon as we do know, we'll be letting you know on like our Twitter or um, our, we have a Telegram announcement channel as well as a Telegram chat, uh, Discord. And we've got, you know, Facebook and those are the big ones. Um, also, we have an Instagram. Uh, my Twitter's at Dustin underscore Byington. I put some stuff up there about wind chain from time to time. So yeah, feel free to uh, engage with us. And we're always looking for more, you know, like community managers, business development type folks. Uh, we are uh, a platform, smart contract platform. So we really do, again, always thinking about finding the right people to help us help us scale that uh, globally. Great stuff. Uh, thanks for coming on here and, and sharing uh, so much information and insights. And we look forward to seeing how uh, WanChain develops in the future, Dustin. Great. Thanks, Josh. I'm looking forward to the, the conference. Uh, and I'll be talking a little bit more there on my Saturday night talk at the dinner about the, uh, the Kyber announcement. Good stuff. That'll do it for this episode. We'll see you next time on the Future Tech Podcast. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.